11 to 1 show. Dream holiday that leaves a sting in the tail as one lady brings something very unexpected home in her bags. More on this after AHA on 11 to 1. Oh, horrific. Horrific. That is the only way to describe what is going on outside of your window right now. It was a battle. It was a battle to get out the door this morning. It was just, you know... Oh, I didn't want to get out of my house, but, it, you know, it's going to be like that. It's going to be bucketing down for the day. So I would advise stay nice and cosy in your house. That's what I would do today. Sinead Brazel here with you again. Thanks to Brian for filling the hot seat yesterday. If you'd like to get in touch, 086-1800-658. Now, weather like that would have you thinking of holidays. Yes, today is a fantastic day to start booking a holiday, but... Be warned, you do want to not want to bring home anything unexpected in your bag. Oh, it's giving me the, the creepy crawlies here this morning. I had to actually put the picture away from my screen so I didn't have to look at this. But a Wicklow woman got more than she expected when she accidentally carried a venomous arachnid. What's it called? It's actually a scorpion, a Kenyan scorpion in her bags right so she was after having a great holiday in Kenya and she needed to you know obviously get out of there you know get back home all that sort of stuff so what must have happened was when she arrived in Kenya she obviously went to the accommodation unpacked the bag and sort of you know the way you sort of fling it under the bed or you throw it into a closet or whatever and you can forget about it for the few weeks that you're there so this scorpion wandered in there at night time and they're going to do that they're going to go into crevices and things like that and apparently he made himself at home in her bag she didn't realise the bag had this scorpion packed all her stuff up because you know the way you'd be firing everything back into the bag so you can hightail it back to the um, airport but this scorpion is a fisher fat tail it can grow up to around one and a half inches and now it it is venomous but his sting is not fatal thank god but it can you know cause swelling discomfort that kind of stuff So, yeah, it could have been far worse, you know. So she needed to enlist the help of the reptile zoo in uh, down the country there in in County Wicklow to find out what to do with this thing. But there you go. I mean, that's scary stuff. Opening the bag and just seeing the scorpion, I would just throw the bag and run out of the house and never come back there. That would be me. But there you go. She says, if you're going to places like this, there is another scorpion called the Death Stalker. I mean, the name alone will cause you to shiver. So she says, she has advice. She says, anyone who's abroad, you know, you should be told this before we go. But anyway, shake everything. So if you leave your backpack down, even for two minutes, uh, you know, just be shaking it out, that sort of stuff. Definitely check your gear and your bag before you go home in case you're bringing any hitchhikers with you she says thanks for the advice missus but that has not put me off wanting to you know think of sunnier climbs this morning as we watch that horrific weather outside the window oh yeah I could do it I could do it feeling the heat on my bones I'll have to just you know settle with music to pep my mood up at the moment and here's Adele with hello there's Adele John has been on 86 658 He says, I'll say that to the boss, you know, about staying at home. Uh, I'll say, Sinead Brazel of LMFM fame told me to stay at home. Expect a phone call from him. Listen, you know, I say bring it on. You know, bring on the phone calls from the bosses. Like, uh, you know, forget about the consequences. It's too rainy. You couldn't be going out in that, John. Do you know what I mean? Now, I can't guarantee that I won't, you know, maybe get you fired. <laughs> after that phone call but that's fine I don't mind that uh, also Jane's been on to say that uh, she wanted to say a big thank you for the beautiful desserts cookery book that she won on the show that was during Word Foolery Ah, oh, Jane I'm delighted I hope you are baking up a storm with all of those uh, recipe ideas in that book actually brings me nicely to talking about books now I know we don't normally talk book recommendations but I do have a fantastic book recommendation for you and for fans of Girl on the Train as well you'll be interested in this one yeah absolutely plus we've got music from Taylor Swift on the way the 11 to 1 show she is making history all over the place she's done it again at the Grammys quite recently winning album of the year for the fourth time it's Taylor Swift hi I'm Taylor Swift your music your station LMF Taylor Swift Cruel Summer 
Oh, it's far from summer out there. It's far from summer out there. But it is perfect weather to cosy up with a book if you are, you know, working from home in inverted commas today. I have a book recommendation for you. And maybe Saltburn is to blame for the surge in interest in rich people acting badly in mansions because this book is coming highly recommended. It's called The Housemaid by Frida McFadden and it centres down, uh, kind of the plot centres around a woman, uh, kind of, she's rarely down now, she's called Millie desperately needing employment and failing to catch a break. So enter the Winchesters. So this family on the surface, they have everything. They are swimming in money. They have a gorgeous house. They have luxurious lives. Picture perfect. Or are they? Well, Nina and Andrew share one daughter, Cecilia, who you come to learn she's a handful, let's just say. They hire Millie, much to her relief, and she excitedly moves in with the family as their live-in maid. Now, despite their enormous home with marble hallways and so many different wings and guest rooms. What do they do? They shove her up into the attic in a box room with no windows. That's the first sign now of just them being not very nice. So soon Nina starts to exhibit erratic, worrying behaviour. She often kind of creates messes and problems for Millie. Sometimes you're kind of going, is she doing this on purpose? So all signs are saying, Millie, get the hell out of Dodge and quick, pronto. Especially when their handsome Italian landscaper, Enzo, he utters the word percolo to her. And then she's like, what the heck does this mean? Apparently it means danger. Uh, so she, you kind of have to get out of there. You know, this is one of these sort of things. So this book is very similar. The whole thing is sort of wrapped up, twisty, turny sort of thing. It's very, very like Gone Girl, if you remember Gone Girl, and also Girl on the Train. So if you like that sort of stuff, you're going to, and you like sort of decadent houses, this kind of stuff, then The Housemaid by Frida McFadden, it is for you. And actually, speaking of Girl on the Train, I did come across this this morning. The author, Paula Hawkins, Hawkins even, she has a new thriller, it is coming out this autumn. Now we have to wait for a little bit for that, but that is very exciting. So if you're a big fan of The Girl in the Train, she has another book coming out. Uh, it's going to be called The Blue Hour and it's going to be published around October 8th. And this story is set on a remote Scottish island, uh, home to a famous artist who has been abandoned by her husband and uh, she kind of has a complicated past. So that seems very, very interesting as well. They say The Blue Hour explores the tension between the need to belong and the desire to be free of the demands and expectations of others. This is what Paula Hawkins has said in a statement. So there you go. We have to wait now until October 8th, but that is some good uh, books on the way. But at the moment, Frida McFadden, the housemaid, it is excellent. In the moonlight, want to say a big happy birthday to Liam Finnegan. He is in Forest Park in Drogheda. Big happy 11th birthday. That is coming in from his nanny and pops, Skelly. So big happy birthday to you, Liam. And I've no doubt you're going to be spoiled later on after school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the Kid and Cottage Animal Sanctuary in Virginia, they are facing what they are calling their worst pet food crisis in years. They have so many kittens that need homes and they have uh, so many little mouths to feed. We're going to be finding more out more about this with Moira Egan. She's the founder of the sanctuary. She's going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show. The Kitten Cottage Animal Sanctuary in Virginia is facing what it calls its worst pet food crisis in years due to the increasing numbers of cats and kittens being surrendered or dumped and the rising costs in pet food. So the small non-profit organisation does receive an annual grant from the state. However, it costs over 24000 a year to run the shelter and so they are appealing not only for funds but for people to be more responsible when it comes to caring for cats and neutering cats in particular. Maria Egan, she is, uh, sorry, Moira Egan, she's founder of the Kitten Cottage Animal Sanctuary and she's on the line with me now. Good morning, Moira. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. You're welcome. Good morning. 24 years ago, little did you know that after rescuing one cat, you would be rescuing thousands of them. Tell us, how did the Kitten Sanctuary begin? Uh, Literally one cat found us and we brought it to the vets after six weeks of trying to catch it. And my sons wanted to do this, so um, we brought it to the vets. We had it neutered. Um, we looked after it, and that's kind of turned into over 11,600. 
11,600 is quite a huge number. So was it that cats kept showing up or did people start reaching out to you or how did it all kind of result in a sanctuary? Um, the vet that I brought it to, um, one of the ladies that were in there said, look, could I look after a few more and a few more and it kind of escalated and then we just opened the sanctuary in 04 and it's just gone on since then. And and it's not just cats that you've rescued. You've you've rescued other animals in the past as well. Oh God, yeah, we've rescued um, any amount of wildlife: foxes, an otter, um, owls, dogs. You name it, we it has come through through our door. So the cat is the cat population: kittens, cats. They're the sort of main focus, and this cat population it, it's kind of always been a big problem here in Ireland. But you've noticed significant increase in the amount of people getting in touch with you to to help with stray cats or or cats that are in need of rescue in the last few years. Yeah, a huge increase since COVID because people weren't going out at the beginning of COVID and they weren't going to the vets to get their cats neutered. So. That set of cats and kittens had kittens and then people got kittens in COVID and didn't realise in four months' time they can have kittens. Mm. So now it has escalated to the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a really good point as well that like, you know, just because the kitten is a tiny little baby cat doesn't mean that it's not able to have kittens itself. It can can produce kittens at four months of age. I'm getting phone calls every day to say there's 11 kittens in my garden, there's 12 wild cats in my garden, 22 wild cats in my garden. Oh my goodness. Last last February, a man rang me and said he had one female cat that turned up on his doorstep. He had a farm and I said, look, I'll help you get it neutered. Mm. And he rang me there a couple of days ago to say, do you remember that cat? And I said, yes, I know who, who I'm talking to. And he says, well, there's 36 cats and kittens around my yard now. Oh, my God. In one year, 36 cats and kittens from one cat. Oh, my goodness me. Okay, that is enough to kind of make us take action with regards to this. So how many cats would you have in your care there at the moment, uh, Moira? We have about, um, actually in the sanctuary at the moment, because Mm. we're getting it um, work done on it. We only have a couple of them in there. Okay. Uh, but we look after about 30 others. Okay, so you've 30 at the moment. And so do people foster them for you, that kind of thing as well? At the moment, people are fostering for them because we have to get a new roof on the sanctuary. Okay, so you're getting a new so we roof. Have them. We've farmed them out to different people. Okay, okay. And as you said there, you know, 24,000 just to run the shelter in, in itself. Tell us about the cost because, you know, you're talking about feeding, you're talking about the cost for nutrient. There's a lot of cost involved here. Well, a couple of, uh, two, just before COVID, we were getting cats neutered at 25 euros. It's now 65 is the cheapest we can get done. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's a huge, huge uh, increase. That's yeah. Food, um, electricity, you know, everything that a household has, but we have a little bit more of cleaning equipment mm. and petrol. Like, I mean, every day to the vets, or most days to the vets, every day to the sanctuary, every day going at TNR, trap neuter and release. Um, it, it all adds up. It does all add up and you do get some government support, but you do rely on kind of the generosity of others. Talk to me about the trap neuter release, because we did do a feature on the show a couple of years ago about this with a vet. And this Mm -hmm. is really, I think, such an important program. Yeah, it really is. Talk to me about how this works. Okay, so TNR is trap neuter and release. There is nowhere for all of these cats to go, Mm. especially if they're wild. So you have to stop the problem before it escalates. So we will give out an end of a trap to mm-hmm. anybody that has wild cats. You bring them to our vets. We get them neutered. We clip their ears so we know that that cat... Like People ring me and say, oh, we have 12 black cats. You wouldn't know which one was neutered. Oh, yeah. Yes, we will. Because we'll clip their ear. It doesn't hurt them. They're asleep when it's done. Yeah. By the time the pain relief wears off, everything is done and dusted. And so people sort of say, oh, we can't do it. That's not fair. Yes, it is fair. It's not fair to the cats to let them wander and produce yes because we we were talking about this ourselves yesterday it can Mm -hmm. be extremely distressing and kind of horrific for cats the actual mating process isn't it yes it is horrendous I mean I won't go into detail over the phone but 
have a look up. You won't yeah. let your cat get pregnant if you realise what she has to go through. Yeah, and the other thing that I've heard from people and oh, it does quite boil my blood, Moira, in regards to this, is people who have tom cats or male cats feel that mm. it's okay just to let them because it's not their problem, they think, you know, with regards to the, not, the tom. It, it is their problem. It's 50% their problem. Mm. And one male cat can impregnate an awful lot of females in the area. Yeah. And this is where you're going to have the influx of of unwanted cats around the place. Unwanted Uh, cats and kittens and inbred cats and kittens. And it's just so cruel. It's It's so very cruel to let it go on. I mean, if everybody that has an animal, a cat, that comes into your yard or your stable or your house or your garden, it's your problem. It's not my problem. It's not the person's down the road's problem. It's your problem. And you're the one that you should be looking after it. Yes. And, it's, now, you know, it's, it's, I will say a cat is a lot easier than a dog to look after. If you, like you say, uh, uh, Moira, you bring that cat to the vet, get all the necessary, uh, you know, neutering done and whatever vaccinations need to be to be done, all of that kind of thing. And they are grand. That's all you have to do. They look after to, themselves they, practically. Yeah, they do practically look after themselves. They eat once in the morning, they eat once in the evening. You know, they like to wander around a lot of them as well. You know, so that can be, mm-hmm. you know, advantageous if you, if you don't want a cat in your house as such as well. So so they they are very easy to look after that way. Um, with regards to the, the trapping and, and neutering, uh, what's the best way to approach, particularly if a cat can, you know, be hissing and, and quite wild and okay. scrabby and that so kind of thing? You don't try and catch it. Okay. It's like trying to catch a lion. You just don't do it. Okay. So you borrow a trap from one of the rescue centres in your area and there is a lot of rescue centres, there's an awful lot of rescue centres that have closed down because they mm. just can't keep going. Yeah. Uh, in my area, I will give out any uh, traps to anybody that's willing to help. Okay. So and, basically, and, and we will pay for most of the neutering. Oh, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Okay. So that's what, that's what we're doing with the TNR. We've, we've had a GoFundMe page and all that money is going to go to trap wild cats. Yes, because uh, Sonia, lovely lady called Sonia from Slane, she set uh, mm-hmm. up the GoFundMe for you, which raised quite a bit of money, didn't it? It did. And we're going to use that to do any amount of neutering for uh, cats and uh, kittens in the areas around here. It doesn't even have to be in the area around here. If you talk to your local vet, we will deal with them as well. Fantastic, because it's not just, I'm going to say, a rural problem, uh, Moira. You know, no, this is not. happening in towns as well, isn't it? In each estate, you will see that there's wild cats and unwanted cats in the area. So the people that live in the estate should get together mm. and form some sort of, I'm not saying committee, because I, you know, yeah. form that somebody is going to give me a buzz yeah. and deal with this problem. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. You know, it's this turning a blind eye to it and it's not... It's not going to go away. Yeah. And I mean, people sort of say, oh, I don't like cats in my garden. They're killing the birds. They're killing the birds because there's too many cats around. Yeah, this is exactly and it. And they're hungry. Yeah. And that's what they're supposed to do. Yes. But, so, and I'm trying to shoo them out of your garden. Shoo a hungry cat out of your garden when there's birds lying around that you're feeding is not the answer because they're not going to go away. They're hungry. They see fresh food there. Yes. So what you do is you feed them away from your garden. You mm-hmm. feed the cats away from your garden. You ring up a sanctuary and you say, can we do a TNR? Oh, very good. Okay, so that's the step. If people don't want to keep themse- themselves, absolutely. Okay. And that's the c- first step. Yeah, you do. absolutely. And, and Moira, how can people reach out to you? How can the people get in touch with you if they need help? Okay, so we have a Facebook page, Kitten Cottage Facebook page. Yep. We have this phone number, which is 087-7676714. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, they can text me on this and we will get back to you. It may take a couple of days because once this goes out, we're going to get busy yep. again. But I, I want to get as many cats as we possibly can neutered. Yes. Cause that, I, I mean, people sort of complain that the vets, um, it's like too expensive for the vets. This time it's not because we're helping. Yeah. So yeah. that's not an excuse. And I know that there are, uh, you know, there's neutering weeks and things like that. There's that neutering pe- schemes. Yeah. Cav and SPCA are having a neutering scheme uh, this month. And most uh, places around the country have neutering schemes this month before the kittens start. 
Yeah, because we're coming back so, into they can, as we said, you know, they can mate quite a bit. Mate. Yeah, yeah. And there's different, there is different uh, times of the year, but they, like, there's a lot of different times of the year that you're going to see kittens around. It's not just yes. kind of one set time as such, but you're, as you say, yes. we're coming back now into it again. September, they're going, cats are going to be in season. Yeah, okay. So, so that's if, a long time. if you have a problem with cats, start now, sort it out now, this week. Yeah, don't, don't be putting wait it till off. March or April, because once, the money is gone, that money is gone for the new thing. Yep. And then you're going to have to pay full price. And don't blame the vets. They're doing the best they can. They are brilliant. Yep. Our vets in Oldcastle are fantastic with us. Yeah. And the vets, there's so many vets around that are fantastic with us. But their bills have gone up as well. Yeah, of course. It's, it's not all... just our bills. It's it's everybody's bills. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, they, a lot of them will do their utmost for you. They really, really they well. Really, and... They really do. And they appreciate you bringing them in because they want to get these uh, cats neutered as well to, to, to curb the problem. Exactly. Moira, I think what you're doing is fantastic. It's a big undertaking uh, for you. I know that. And uh, I wish you the best with it. But thank you so much for, for uh, joining us on the show today. You're more than welcome. Please get in touch and we will help. Thank you so much, Moira Egan there. Great, great lady in Virginia. The Kitten Cottage Animal Sanctuary. That's where you're going to find her on Facebook. We do have her number here as well if you want to reach out and get in touch with her. She's 87 7676714. But I think what she's saying there is we got to take responsibility for it. We can't just pass it on to somebody else. I know myself as a lover of cats and an owner of cats, you have to be responsible. As soon as we got the cats in the door, we got them neutered and sorted out so that they wouldn't be adding to this huge, huge population. It's a big, big problem. And it's not just up to Moira and one person. I think we all need to do our bit with regards to that. So the Kitten Cottage Animal Sanctuary, you'll find them on Facebook. 11 to 1 show. It's an iconic scene from an iconic movie now. You talking to me? You talking to me? Then who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Oh, I absolutely love it. Taxi driver popping up in the Northeast Update. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day, 1976, Taxi Driver, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro and Jodie Foster. It was released and it won the Palm d'Or Award as well on this day. And today is Fat Thursday. Yeah, if ever there was an excuse to load up on the sweet treats and take indulgent eating to the next level, Fat Thursday is just the ticket it is a celebration of all things dough related it's a Polish tradition and it's kind of you know basically you gorge on doughnuts or that kind of stuff yeah uh, is it Paksky am I pronouncing that right apparently it's a traditional fried delicacy that contains rose jam so that's where that comes in but there you go Fat Thursday today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Paddy Casey, Saints and Sinners. News at 12 is approaching, but still to come. Free pizza. Yeah, I'll tell you how you can get your chops around that. Plus, Don't Fall Asleep. New horror film by Dundalk filmmaker Ian Hunt Duffy is guaranteed to give you nightmares. We're going to be chatting to him as well after 12. The 11 to 1 show. Free pizza, how would you fancy it? Yeah, it'd be a nice treat for you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how you can get your chops around it right after Dia- Diana. Rihanna. Shine bright like a diamond. Hit after hit. After so hit. Rihanna, Diamonds and LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you, telling you that you could get free pizza. Yeah, tomorrow is National Pizza Day. So it's happening Friday, 9th of February and pizzeria brand Milano has announced it's giving away free pizza. Yeah, free pizza. But you have to earn your stripes to get it. What do you have to do? Well, you have to just wear a black and white striped top essentially. So they say those who earn their stripes by embracing its famous monochrome aesthetic in their restaurants 
this Friday will bag themselves a pizza completely free. So you just have to show up in the stripes showing that you love the brand and you'll be award, awarded a, a free pizza so you could have the classic vegan or drum roll please da, 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 gluten-free margarita pizza it's one of the few places that you can get the L gluten-free which is great and you know just for people who want that sort of extra thinness by the way the gluten-free base is absolutely amazing so there you go the CEO of Milano says it's National Pizza Day so we want to pay homage to this to our incredible pizza chefs as well so get the black and white striped top on Head to Milano's and you could be getting a free pizza. Nice one. Now it's time to see what's happening in the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Alan Cummings spoke to Jimmy Fallon last night about hosting the Traitors in America. Their version has celebs from America and the UK. It's so bonkers. Uh, I mean, it's it's a sort of... It's the campest thing I've ever done, and that's me saying that. Yeah. Maybe it's a good thing, uh, hopefully it is, but like, yeah. I would say that I don't know 95% of the people who come on the show. Oh, that's good. I don't really follow reality shows, and then I get a crash course in them. It is, you're, you're phenomenal, and it, it's fantastic. It is, by the way, I think it's the number one show on, on its It is, one. it's the number one unscripted television show. Yeah, I mean, not too shabby. Lana Del Rey has opened up about her Grammys night. She said, I literally just loved being there. I love to see everyone, get the tea and hang out. It was pure funniness and laughter. Kelly Clarkson says that Miley Cyrus's performance was her highlight of the Grammys. Here's what she said. Sometimes people can be too cool in that environment. So shout out to Miley Cyrus for being on stage and be like, why are you acting like you don't know this song? Like, because sometimes it gets a little stuffy in that environment and people are too cool to like engage or like have a good time or like let, you know, let their guard down. And that was really like, uh, you know, whether you liked it or not, I thought it was hilarious. And it was awesome because she got everybody on their feet and it kind of like set the tone for everybody to have a good time because that's what we're here for to celebrate music so that was really cool that was funny that's probably one of my favorite uh, moments of the night that's the buzz i'm max the buzz on lmfm keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the lmfm app i don't know about you but i'm feeling pretty good here's james brown wow i feel good hey yeah james brown We are feeling good. Are you ready to feel scared though now? Because we're going to shift mood slightly. I'm very excited about this. It is the feature length directorial debut of Ian Hunt Duffy. He's from Dundalk. It's called Double Blind and the critics are already raving about this horror. Here's a little bit from the trailer for you. Welcome to Blackwood Pharmaceuticals. We hope you enjoy your stay. Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Burke. This is a double blind trial. What we're really interested in is how long you can stay awake. Take a deep breath. No family, no friends, no connections to anyone. Young, broken, desperate. It's a drug trial magic combo. What's this drug supposed to do again? Keep upping the dose. Let's see what happens. This can't be good for us. We sleep for a reason. 30 hours since I last slept. It's a weird feeling. Listen to me. I saw our scans. Stay awake. Don't even close your eyes. Wake up. It looks absolutely just jump out of your skin sort of stuff. And I am that Egypt in the cinema that's going to be screaming. Oh, yeah. We're going to be chatting to Ian Hunt Duffy next. The 11 to 1 show. It's going to have us shaking in our boots, that is for sure. The plot goes like this. After an experiment, experimental drug trial goes horribly wrong, the surviving test subjects must fight off sleep and each other to stay alive. It was filmed over 23 days on location in Limerick. Double Blind, it's called. It's the feature-length directorial debut from Dundalk-born director Ian Hunt Duffy. It is guaranteed to have us jumping in our seats and critics are already raving about it, saying it's calling back to the great of sci-fi horror like David Cronenberg and John Carpenter a film with relentless pace and the effects are grisly I'm delighted now to have the director on the line Ian Hunt Duffy you're very welcome to 11 to 1 how are you getting on? 
I'm good. Thanks a million, Sinead. Thanks for having me on. Oh, listen, great to have you. Now, Ian, I am that idiot in the cinema that's going to be screaming probably at nothing. Do you know, I'm a big scaredy cat when it comes to <laughs> horror, right? But I absolutely love it at the same time. And some of the horrors that stick out are movies like, say, you know, The Ring, where you can't watch the tape or you'll die, stuff like this. So where I see something like you, you have to stay awake or you're going to die, like I'm just instantly intrigued by something like this. Was it that concept that sort of hit you first or where did the inspiration for this story come from? No, you're exactly right. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of horror films with, with a clearly defined rule that the characters can't break. Like you said, with Ring, don't watch the videotape. Uh, even like recently, A Quiet Place, don't make a sound. Yeah. Um, so when uh, Derek McGargle, the screenwriter of Double Blind, had the idea of don't fall asleep, you know, if you fall asleep, you die. I just thought that was, it was really cool and evocative and, and really memorable. So that was the, the jumping off point. I knew once we had that, that rule that would that would be a great hook for an audience and that's where we kind of started writing the story from there Oh it is a hook absolutely because I mean for days my friends were pranking me with that whole seven days thing from the, the ring they'd ring me up and just go <laughs> oh, seven days this kind of crack so yeah I can totally see audiences embracing this kind of stuff Now before we kind of t- talk about the movie in depth I did manage to, to grab a couple of uh, your shorts I mean Gridlock what an intense film that was. Low Tide as well. I loved, I mean, Steve Wall is just, you know, an incredible presence on screen. You're a big fan of, of genre cinema, aren't you? So I'm intrigued to know what films made a big impression of you growing up. Yeah, no, I, I, that's exactly, I'm like a big fan, of, as you said, of genre. We're, I'm a child of the 80s, born and bred on kind of John Carpenter, John McTiernan films, um, and like James Cameron, like Terminator. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all these kind of films, it, that, that's what got me excited about filmmaking in the first place and made me want to become a director. So uh, Double Blind and even like Gridlock and Low Tide, these are all genre films, the kind of stories that I'm excited about uh, as a director the stories that will grip an audience and keep them on the edge of their seat. Oh, totally. And were you sort of, you know, knocking around in dark with a camera? Were you that kid or was it much later on that you kind of decided to, I suppose, pursue it properly as a career? Uh, no, I was that kid. Yeah. I mean, we had a camcorder, a family camcorder. And we would, uh, myself and my brother Aiden, we would mess about with it and make, you know, home movies and little short films and reenact scenes from action films we'd seen, you know, using like cap guns and that kind of thing. Oh, I love um, it. Ian, there has to be some of them stored. Do you know what I mean? This is, like, <laughs> you know, um, your, your parents will be able to bring this out when you win an Oscar. Do you know what I mean? And they'd be like, look what he was making when he was 12 or whatever. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's some embarrassing videotapes <laughs> in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that, the, re- the recreation, because I saw a music video that you did as well, where you re- recreated Fight uh, Club in a really brilliant way for uh, a band, I'd Fight Gandhi. Absolutely class. Yeah, that was, that was actually a band that I was in uh, was back in the day. Yeah, the like drummer? a Dundalk band. I was the bassist. Oh, the bassist. Uh, so... Yeah, so now I was able to use the band as, oh, well, can I direct a video <laughs> as well? So, um, yeah, no, Fight Club would be a, one of my favourite films. Uh, so at the time I thought, yeah, we wanted to, and I'd Fight Gandhi, the name of the band was yeah. a, a reference, reference to Fight Club as well. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to do kind of tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, kind of a, a satire on Fight Club and have a, like a slap club. So yeah. it has all the intensity and seriousness of <laughs> Fight Club, but it's only like a game of slaps. Yeah, so the, the, the talent is there, there early on. I mean, like you can see the skill that you have even in something like that but this is your first feature Ian I mean and what a project as well to to go for talk to me about the challenges around that because it's a very different ball game making a short and then making a feature Yeah um, and I mean it it was a very ambitious script Mm -hmm. and project um, for a first feature like there's a lot of action and set pieces and deaths uh, in in the film so um, uh, we tried to be pragmatic in our approach, myself and Derek, who we worked together on the short films as our first feature. We knew we wouldn't have a massive budget because it was our first film. So we decided to try and set it all in one location, which would be, you know, advantageous from a budget and logistical yes. point of view, because you're, you know, you're not moving around on multiple locations. But then for me as a storyteller and director, it could really allow me to, you know, create an atmosphere and a pressure cooker environment, you know, and really control the lighting and camera. Um, 
and the, but like as I said, it wasn't a huge budget, so we only had twenty three days to film as well, which very short uh, space was, of time. Yeah, yeah it's very short. Like I mean, still like you know, on my short films, I probably would have only had four or five days, so it's still the longest shoot that I would have done. But yeah. it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't enough time. You know, every day you're, you know, you're constantly chasing the day to try and make the, the schedule, and um, I suppose the, the the challenge for me was just trying to keep that energy up the whole time, yeah, the course. focus, but. But you're also adapting on the fly, like we're rewriting the script every day or every at the weekends. I'd be on the phone to Derek and my editor, Colin, just saying, OK, what can we shorten or tighten here? Or can we do this in a more simple way just to kind of, you know, keep the show going and, and to try and make the, the schedule? And as you say, it seems like you've learned an awful lot on the way, but I love films that are shot in one location, like Lock with Tom Hardy, where he's just in the car or, you know, something like Ryan Reynolds and Buried, like they are fantastic. And to use that to your advantage, as you say there, is is really, really great, because I'm just looking at the trailer there and you're talking about the use of light and there's a brilliant use of colour, I want to say as well in in this film. Was that something that was kind of important to you to have this kind of, you know, you've got strong striking yellows and then you've got the kind of grey and the white going on in there yeah no absolutely and um it was across all departments but like the cinematography the art department costume you know everything everyone was kind of really came together and we created like a look a lookbook and and like really defined the style of the facility that it's set and like there's only a couple of primary colors used throughout so yeah it was it was very considered and there was a lot of preparation and, and and uh visual I suppose uh, preparation done by myself and, and the team so uh, I'm glad to hear you say it looks it looks good Yeah because then you see when the blood comes into into play here and as we mentioned earlier on I mean when you see critics writing uh, David Cronenberg and John Carpenter in the same sentence as yourself Ian that must be pretty amazing and of course we know Cronenberg was just the master of, of body horror and this I'm seeing a lot of this even from the trailer I was like oh Jenny screaming at the trailer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. To be mentioned in the same breath as Cronenberg Carpenter is, uh, yeah, it's that's a dream come true, really, like a huge honor. Um, and, and particularly John Carpenter, I, yeah. as I said earlier, like I'm a big fan of his work. And uh, the score, um, uh, Dee Hexen, who did the score, she, um, she's an Irish composer. Uh, we were we're both big John Carpenter fans, oh, and yeah. uh, that was like a heavy influence, bringing out those kind of that synthy bass yeah. kind of score electronic style so yeah I think it really works for oh, film It does it really does work so talk to me about the plot so I didn't want to give like a huge amount away but it is set around a pharmaceutical drug trial which by the way we should say this idea came to you guys way before Covid even though now it's probably going to be like a product of Covid type movie you know but uh, it was done way before uh, Covid wasn't it? Well, that's it. Yeah. So we were in development in 2018 and then it was about the start of 2020. We were ready to go. We were like, this is our year. We're going into production 2020. And then obviously COVID shut down the world. Uh, So it was it was 2022 by the time actually we got filming. So but in that time, you know, everyone's gotten more familiar with vaccines and drug Mm. trials and pharmaceutical companies. And then, you know, the term lockdown was in our script back in 2018, but that's taken on a whole new meaning now as well. Like when it when the facilities locked down, that's yeah. you know, there, yeah, there's like this COVID messaging, I guess. But uh, no, look, we'll take it if that's yeah. if, it, if it's become a if it's become a COVID movie or something. That that's okay with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is. It's all as you uh, it's said in one location. It's about a, a pharmaceutical company uh, called Blackwood Pharmaceuticals who are running this sort of shady off the books trial, testing a new drug, and seven young people. Uh, who are all young and broke and doing it for the money, they sign up to the trial to test this drug, not knowing what it is. It's a double blind trial. So that means that neither they nor the, the doctor administering the drug know, mm-hmm. you know, the, what, what, it, what the drug is. Um, and from the first night, none of them can sleep. They're, they're all like wide awake and wired. They don't know why. And this continues for like four more days, no sleep, not even feeling tired. But then eventually the side effects do wear off and they start crashing, you know, at five days and no sleep hitting them all at once. And when the first of the group does fall asleep, they die horrifically. And uh, then the rest of the group realize if they fall asleep, they'll die too. Uh, so, and so- then they're plunged into a lockdown. They can't escape. So they have to, 
find a way out and stay awake yeah and like some of the I mean the makeup as we mentioned is absolutely amazing but even some of the uh, scenes that I've seen there in the the trailer with um, the uh, actor who um, plays the Claire the main actor Millie she like there's like all these kind of red around her eyes and everything just in terms of like like absolute exhaustion so I can see all of the effort and the work that went into this talk to me about the cast though because I do remember seeing Millie in um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies which was fantastic and I'm a huge fan of Polly McIntosh she was actually on this show uh, over the summer as well it was like a massive honour to have her on, on the show as well but talk to me about the casting process and kind of how you how you found these guys because they all look really incredible yeah, no, I, I, I think we have an incredible cast uh, led by Millie. Um, so we had a brilliant casting director come on board a film called Amy Rowan. And uh, I, look, I, casting is 90% of directing. That, yeah. that's, that's, there's a, an old saying that like, casting is 90%. And I would agree with that, you know. So, um, yeah, I think casting knew- directors around the world are going to absolutely love hearing you say that. <laughs> I <laughs> know, but it's true. It's, look, I mean, it's, they're, they're the most important thing on the screen. It's your character, yeah. it's the actor playing them, you know. Uh, and this is an ensemble cast. So we really needed to build out uh, the, the cast and find really unique individuals for each character. Uh, so Amy Rowan, uh, the casting director, it, we spent months and months trying to find the right actors. And uh, Millie Brady, who plays Claire, um, who had, I'd seen in, she she had a small role in The Queen's Gambit, that Netflix show. Oh, yes. And yeah. she was also in uh, The Last Kingdom, which is their kind of Netflix, is like fantasy yeah. show, bit of Game of thrones kind of thing. So, I, you know, I was familiar with her work, but then I just, we had a, a great conversation and, and uh, she, she really, connected with the character of Claire and she was really excited because it was it's a, not only is it a an emotionally demanding role but like a really physical role mm. as well like just there's, there's a lot of stunt work and choreography there and and as you said like the the exhaustion the physical yeah. and mental kind of effect of sleep deprivation she was really excited how to to portray that so, so she didn't once go we had like full method now on your anything and have like no sleep no 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 <laughs> I mean we, we we did a lot of research though like into like you know I read like scientific research about you know the medical effects on the brain yeah. after and the body after and then also during pre-production we had our first child adam so i had a lot of sleepless nights and <laughs> unintended uh, sleep deprivation in the early months so i was able to Talk document to that and <laughs> yeah i think i think a lot of new parents will will have an extra fear watching this film i think well, you know well, well i was going um, to ask you what's the longest you've ever stayed awake but i think you've kind of answered that you've never slept <laughs> have you <Ian? laughs> no that's it yeah not not properly anyway <laughs> um so yeah millie was brilliant and then pollyanna as you said uh, like she's she's a bit of a higher horror icon i guess yeah, like she you know, people would know her from the the walking dead and uh vikings valhalla and then she was in like a, a kind of cult horror film the woman and yeah. an irish film let us pray so yeah she i, I wanted someone for the, the role of dr burke who pollyanna plays i wanted someone that like horror and genre fans would be excited by and uh yeah just, we we offered it to pollyanna and kind of crossed her fingers and when luckily she uh, she had seen Gridlock and uh, was friends with Mo Dunford, who was the star oh, of Gridlock. So, yeah, yeah. He, so she kind of did a bit of a background check on me, asking <laughs> Mo, like you know, for the inside scoop. And luckily, he spoke positively, and then yeah, she came on board. So she was yeah, she was brilliant to have. Oh, fantastic! And look. The, the whole cast across the board are, are phenomenal, I think. Yeah, I've seen quite a number of them there uh, that uh, pop up in, in short movies that I've seen along the festival circuit. So there's a really, really solid cast there. And and speaking of festivals, it had the premiere at Galway Fla, which did, did phenomenally well there. It's releasing tomorrow. Dare I ask you, though, what, what do, what's, going, what's next? Or are you on this trail, I suppose, with Double Blind for a while now? Uh, no, this is kind of the end of the journey. I suppose yep. a double blind in sense that like it's been a long journey to get it to now come out to cinema. So I'm, I'm really excited. That's from tomorrow Friday. It's it's going to be nationwide uh, in cinemas. So please go to see it. Um, and then yeah, we have our next feature film in development. Amazing. Myself and Derek, the, the, the writer, um, we're yeah we're working on that with Screen Ireland and the same producer Simon Dole as well. So it's another horror thriller, Brilliant. same kind of genre, but hopefully on a, a bigger bigger budget bigger scale so amazing well Ian really looking forward to seeing it thank you so much for taking out the time to to chat to us today and I'm wishing you every success with your career going forward oh no thanks a million thanks so much for having me I really appreciate it thanks a million Ian Hunt Duffy Double Blind it's called it's in cinemas nationwide from tomorrow back to the music now here's Maria McKee on LMFM's 11 to 1 
Yearwood, how do I live? Now, animal lovers of the northeast, how healthy is your pet? Petmania's Operation Transformation is back. We're going to be finding out more about this next. The 11 to 1 show. Animal lovers of the Northeast, how healthy is your pet? Pet experts at Petmania have once again launched their Operation Transpalmation. It's a health and wellbeing campaign which aims to help pet owners around the country provide the best care for their four-legged friends. Joining me now to tell us more is Emily Miller. She's Sales and Marketing Manager with Petmania. Emily, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again. No worries at all. It's great to be back. Great to be back with you. Now, last year, we were very much focused on preventing obesity during this campaign in pets. But uh, this year, it's developed now sort of to include really overall health, isn't it? That's it. And we were looking at it and we said, look, obesity is still a big thing and it's something that we need to be mindful of. But there's a lot more going on. And we're talking to our customers every day about a lot of other things. And we said, actually, the demand is there. Customers are looking for more information. Pet owners are looking for more information. So our campaign this year is about helping pet owners find a couple of small changes that they can make that might improve their pet's overall health and well-being. And that can cover anything from grooming, it can be related to skin and coat care, it can be muscle and joint care, it can be nutrition, it can be maybe they just need a little bit more time to spend playing with their pets. There's, you know, so depending on what your pet needs, we'll help you find couple of small changes that you can maybe make to set them on the road to a happier, healthier life. Yes, and I love that you focus in on the small changes because sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming. But talk to me about the research that you conducted this year. Uh, And there was a very interesting research around dogs and exercise. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I suppose lots of people bring their dogs for a walk, but it's kind of going, maybe are they getting enough exercise? Can they can they give them a little bit more? But also I think the important thing for us is looking at the importance of play mm-hmm. and how play is, you know, that interactivity with your pet. You know, so exercise for your pet can be in more than one way. It can be more than just bringing your dog for a walk. It can be while you're on that walk, are you stopping? Are you playing a bit of fetch? Are you chatting to them along the way? Are they spend, Are you enjoying spending time with them? Or, you know, maybe it's about let's find a new toy, let's play differently and let's introduce exercise and play um, as part of your, your routine. So rather than going, I brought the dog for a 20-minute walk, job done, tick box. Mm. Well, maybe we need to spend another 10 minutes playing with them. Maybe there's Maybe there's something else that we can do that just shows our love and appreciation for them. And all of that is really good for their physical and mental health. Yeah, and I think that's really, really important that you've said that because it is, it's totally like box ticks an awful lot of the time. And I love that. And uh, particularly, uh, like not even just dogs, cats as well. Okay, we're not walking the cat, but they can definitely do with a bit of play too because they can be bored as well. Absolutely. And, you know, cats are interesting because, you know, their play their play might last 30 seconds yeah. and they go, right, I've caught it, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know. So your cat needs loads of different, you know, an indoor cat needs loads of different things to stimulate them and get them moving, get them up and about. They need things to encourage them to climb and scratch and pounce and hunt and all of those lovely natural instincts that they've got. So, you know, you've got a play toy there for your cat. They'll pounce on it and, you know, they'll have caught the mouse, they'll have caught the bird and they're going, right, I'm done now, I'm off and I'll come back. And one of the things with cats is it's really important to actually take their toys away and bring them out again because they know they're there and, they're you know, they're looking for something that's moving. They're looking to try and catch something. That's really what they want to do. So a lot of your interactive toys. So take it away and bring it back take it away and bring it back. Don't leave it there for them all the time. So, you know, and, and you know, your cat might need anything 15, 20 different play sessions a day, mm. but they're only very short. Yeah. Um, and if you're not there with them, that you're also maybe providing other tools, other things that are available to help stimulate activity and mental health. They're, you know, getting encouraging them to to really support those natural instincts. So like I said, you know, so things like climbing frames and have they got spaces that they can go into and hide over here or sleep oh, up listen, there or climb uh, up there and find all them those, anywhere. You know, we found, you find uh, them Yeah, yeah, I found my cat in my son's wardrobe when I went to go and it. get his pyjamas for him last night. They love a little space, don't they? They do love a little space and maybe if they're going into a space that you don't want them in, <laughs> you want to go, well, let's give them a space that they're looking for that's yeah. available to them and they go, there we go. 
So it's really, you know, again, cats spend loads of time asleep yeah. and our indoor cats are, you know, very prone to, you know, becoming lazy and obese yeah. because they are, they spend less time indoors. Their outdoor cousins probably need about 40% extra calories in their day to keep just keep, keep them, them entering, keep, yeah. keep keep them going, you know. So you're looking at different things and I suppose our campaign this year is about saying, right, well, Let's look at what you, you know, what does your cat get up to? What age is your cat? What age is your dog? What, have they any concerns, you know, mm. the skin issues or whatever else? And maybe look, let's look at this little thing might be something that you can look at or this little thing might be something that you look at. And anyone who does sign up to our OT campaign yep. this year, so you can do it to our website, pitmania.ie forward slash OT, or you can drop into the store in Navin or any of our stores around the country. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you some information about your pet. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, what are what age are they? A little bit of information. Nothing, nothing too dramatic, but we are going to go, you know, have you noticed any of these issues? And then based on that, over the next six or seven weeks, we'll share with you some personalised recommendations. We're not going to bombard you with everything, but what we're going to say is maybe look at this today. Maybe have a have a consider th- consider this. Maybe look at this. This thing might be interesting. Maybe get out and play a little bit more and, and look at personalised information. So, you know, some per- some people might say, look, I've got skin and cold concerns. Other people yeah. might say, I've got, you know, allergy concerns or how do I stop fleas? You know, there's loads yeah. of different things. So what we'll do is we're going to help every every pet owner find a couple of little things that they can look at. And again, look, we're here all the time. Our guys are in store all the time. You'll find us on social media. There's loads of information on our website. So we're here to support people. But we want to, this year, encourage people to just stop box ticking mm-hmm. and go, right, yeah. is there something else that I can do to help improve my pet's overall health and wellness? And it's not about making huge dramatic changes. It's about making small changes that will have a big impact. And I suppose our thing is about preventing rather than curing. So we're saying, right, if your pet is showing signs of anxiety or Mm -hmm. destructive behavior or what are the things that you can do to stop those getting worse? If your pet is showing, you know, is, you know, maybe your dog is, seven, you're kind of going, you mightn't like to think it, but now they're entering into their senior year. So how do we help them age well? What are the things that we should be doing to help them age well? Um, So they're the little things that we'll be chatting to people about. And look, it's all free. We're not asking, you know, it's, it's, you know, log on, sign up, give us, give us the information and we'll, 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 we'll come back to you. And if you have any questions, then it's supported by our guys in store seven days a week. And, you know, I suppose our thing is we're saying, you know, maybe you don't need to go to the vet for everything. Maybe we can help you out. Yeah. We're not vets. If we think you need to go to the vet, we'll oh, be the first tell. people to tell you. Yeah. We'll tell you. Um, but it's about saying, look, you know, let's, we want to try and keep pets out of the vet. Mm. Um, and, As you know, say, looking at things yeah. that we can do to prevent yeah. it. And Absolutely. it's about small changes that maybe we can make. And that's really what we're at. And it's, it's great fun. It's, you know, it's a great fun. It's a great way to get involved with your pet and mm-hmm. just build that relationship and kind of go, okay, maybe, maybe we can look at this. Today. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. Emily, thank you yeah. so much for joining us again today. No worries at all. And like I said, anyone has any any questions, drop into the store in Navin, any of our stores across the country or onto petmania.ie and all the information is there. Fantastic. Emily Miller there, Operation Transpalmation. That is bringing our show to its conclusion. Thank you so much to the guests and to you for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app.